Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's talk about strength tonight. Turn to your neighbor and just say, uh, buff up, and uh, we'll get into this together, right? Buff up. Yeah, cool. I find it really amazing, you know, that if I was to go to anybody here and ask you how to get strong physically, there wouldn't be one of you in this room that would not know an answer to give. We'd all refer either to a gym that we've been to or that someone we know has said is really good, or we talk about a running club or athletics club or maybe a friend of ours that's a personal trainer. Every single one of us, when it comes to getting physically strong, would actually have some kind of an answer to send to somebody. It's really strange, therefore, that when it comes to inner strength, you can go to school for at least 12 or 13 years, then go on to university and get the degrees or whatever. You can go all through that part of life and have nobody ever teach you how to get strong in the core part of your life. No one will ever really tell you how to become strong in your convictions. I meet people that are in their 50s that say to me, I don't know how to be strong. I I serve on several boards and I know one guy said to me once, he said, I couldn't do what you do. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're so strong in, in what you believe. He said, I don't think I could do that. And I was amazed that this friend of mine, who's by the way, has done all the school and the uni and everything else, didn't really know how do you build strength on the inside. A lot of people, as Hayden referenced earlier, don't know how to build strong when it comes to faith for your future or to face adversity in life. That will come to everyone. So many people actually don't know how. And so over the next couple of Sunday nights, on each one of them, I'm going to give you a couple of things that I believe will help make you strong. Every single one of them, you don't need to be amazing. You don't need to be some superstar or have a spiritual encounter that's off the planet. They're all habits that you can build into your life that'll help you start to get strong. Now, there are books about it. There's famous psychologists, you know, like Jordan Peterson packed out the Brisbane Entertainment Center last week. Jordan Peterson, who wrote 12 Laws for Life or 12 Rules for Life. Uh, Some of you might have seen him on Quanda last week. Um, Famous. He's a psychologist who basically is saying to people, this is how you live a strong life. People like Martin Seligman, a professor of psychology, saying this is how you can become resilient in life. So we're going to go through a couple of those and talk about Then at the end of my speaking night, hang around if you can, because Richard Trenorden, you should remember his name, He's been 32 years a chef. And while we're up here having a great time in the service, he's down there cooking uh, pasta carbonara. And I've got to be honest, I went down before the service and say, thank you, Richard. And and I couldn't resist. I went and got a teaspoon and tasted the carbonara. And it was amazing. And then there's a vegetarian option as well, a uh, pasta napolitana. And uh, so that's all free, and you can get that if you're going bowling. You can grab it in a box and take it and have it on your way there, and it's free from us because, as Michael said before, uh, we're a family, and families eat together, last I checked. 
you know, it's kind of not everyone sits in their room Ubering their own stuff in. Uh, Uber each, you know, it's like, you know, you go, well, we try to be a family anyway. All right. Here we go. So let's talk about how to get strong. Number one, first habit that will make you a stronger individual is gratitude. A grateful heart is always going to be a strong heart. Let me give you a Bible verse because so many people that I meet are shocked at this. I sat next yesterday morning, I was in a cafe and uh, I'd gone out the back because it was too hot out the front. Went out the back, there was a full table of people and me. And while I'm listening to these guys, they're ranting and raving about how religion is bad for everyone and the whole stuff and we should get rid of the Bible and get rid of the religion. And they were ranting on. I'm just sitting there doing the crossword and just listening in. And one guy obviously was kind of hogging the whole story and didn't really have much of an idea. He said, after all, he said it was all written in Arabic anyway. Well, it wasn't written in Arabic. And somebody there at the table corrected him and said, it wasn't Arabic, it was Aramaic. Goes, yeah, but they made it all up. And they go, well, actually, no, they didn't make it all up. And then one of the girls at the table turned and said, you ought to be careful what you're saying because that guy over there might be a Christian. (laughs) This is yesterday morning. And so the guy turns around, never heard him before, never met him, and apologized, said, I'm sorry, I'm ranting. And uh, that was that. So I know that for a lot of people, they think the Bible is just full of a whole lot of rules Don't understand the Bible's actually got a lot to say about how to live life better. So this is a verse for you about gratitude and building it. It says this in Psalm 22 and verse 3. It says, but you are holy. Speaking about God, you are enthroned. You sit in the midst of the praises that people bring. In other words, when I start to build an attitude of gratitude and a life of praise, God says, I'll turn up. See, when we get together and worship, it's never about singing songs. We're not trying to kind of, I don't know, you know, do the, the, the kind of the singing thing or something or other. The whole purpose of it is out of that verse that when we begin to worship, when we begin to praise, we believe God, the Holy Spirit, turns up and inhabits what we're doing. And out of that flows the strength that God automatically carries. Out of that comes the peace. We sing songs about it, but we don't pray that you'll get an intellectual uh, kind of encounter with peace. We believe that you can have a supernatural encounter with the peace of God. I believe in the supernatural of God. Make no mistake about it. As much as we love your intellect and we love what you are able to reason and to think, I believe in a supernatural God that does things that go way outside of anything you could have imagined. I've heard people say, I don't believe in miracles. Well, listen, can I tell you, if I'd never read the Bible, I'd believe in miracles because I've seen so many of them. Hundreds of them, even thousands of them. Only a couple of weeks ago, prayed with a young woman who was, uh, couldn't go to work. She was so distraught. Uh, after church, got to sit with her and pray and prayed the supernatural peace of God. I'm telling you this because some of you will think that it's all about what I can work out. But I believe in a God who can turn up. He does not need me to justify him. He doesn't need me to prove that he's there. He's big enough and capable enough to turn up and invade people's lives and do something extraordinary that reveals him to other people. 
So I want you to know in this church, we celebrate a God like that. We celebrate a God who's real and who is well able to do it. We don't, you know, it's Christianity is not talking yourself into believing something. It's actually encountering the God of the book. And he says, when you build an attitude of praise, of gratitude, he says, I'll turn up. But here we go. You go, well, that, that's really nice. Let me read you another couple of verses because I think so many people think, well, that's really good. And, you know, we should be nice. Mum, after all, mum said, and what's the magic word? We say, please. And after you give it to, oh, we gave our neighbours yesterday a birthday present for their three-year-old, and the mother is there saying, what do you say, Augie? Augie, what do you say? Augie's there. He's just ripping the paper off. Augie doesn't give a rip about what he's supposed to say, and she won't let him keep going. Augie, what have you got to say? Thanks, Jeff. And uh, some people think that's the way it works. But listen to what it says in the book of James, and uh, let me read this to you. It says this, and for some reason, it's not up there. And so because it's not up there, I'm going to have to actually turn to it in a paper Bible. How many of you never knew the Bible was on paper? How many of you thought the only place it was was on your phone? Thank God it is on the phone. But this is James chapter something or other. James chapter 3 verse 8. Here it goes. It says, no one can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God and our Father and with it we curse people who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth uh, fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. This is what it looks like. Let me just show you. All right, ready? Here we go. Uh, this is what I'll have to do for now. Uh, Colton, you're a lecturer at TAFE. I want you to start squeezing that show us. I know game theory is your deal, but but can you do this? Yeah. It's a bit more complicated, but here, I'll, I'll, I'll help you by cutting another one. Just squeeze all that. When you get it done, you, you got it? Yeah, I got it. See? Not just salmon jumping. What's it called again? Super salmon migration. Super salmon migration. That's his game. Uh, not just super Just pour it into one of the glasses when you get it done. Keep going a little bit here. Uh, and I want you to remember what the book of James says. Uh, the book of James says that you can't have bitter and sweet come out of the same thing. And there's a point to this. Keep going because you are just, you're going to get a job on a cooking show after this. I'm pretty confident of that. Just pour it in the glass for me. That's beautiful. We'll just give them a little bit more. Thank you. Don't worry about the seeds. Seeds are just roughage. That's it. Yeah. And I'm just going to, once you do that, thank you for helping out. Right, let me just have, now start on the oranges, would you? Memo to self, next time, get sweeter lemons. Uh, Can I just... Oh, you're filming, so I can't pick you. Michael Partha, come up here. You're my helper. Uh, I'd like you just to try some of this. Is that all right? You're happy to do that? Just have a bit of a sip. And be honest. Tell us what you think it's like. Just go right ahead. Have have a big swig. Go, go. Skull, 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 skull. 
Set your teeth going, doesn't it? Mm. It's not bad. And apart from the first taste, you're like, oh, yeah. Go give somebody else a little bit and just let them have a little bit as well. Um, you know, how dumb would it be to have a bit of a sip and pass it along? It's kind of like... <laughs> no backwash, thank you. Keep going. You don't have to, but it'd be nice if you did. Is that good? How dumb would it be for... Oh, here we go, passing it along here. Nobody wants a taste. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does this. How dumb would it be for anybody drinking that to start complaining about the way it tastes and go, why can't I just get something sweet in my life? Why can't I just get something nice? How come good things never happen to me? How come all of my life just seems to be sour? How come all my relationships go sour? How come? And I've met people like this, by the way. You know, it's like their whole life, they're drinking the sour and keep on complaining about the taste. The book of James is saying this. If you want to change what you're tasting, what you're receiving, you've got to change what you're putting in. Pass it on now. There's no way that you can keep cutting lemons. And so many people spend so much of their life chopping up lemons when it comes to their emotions. They're cutting up the sour things of life, squeezing it all out, and that's what they drink. You heard these people talk about, uh, so many of them said, every night before I go to bed, before I go to sleep, I am thanking God. I'm spending time with God. How dumb is it if you go to bed every single night and all you can think about is everything that went wrong that day? You are squeezing lemons out and then complaining about the taste. Some people get up the next morning, first thing they think about is, oh God, do I have to go to work? Do I have to be there? And then they drive out, oh, the traffic is horrible. Oh man, look at that idiot. Where did you get your license, mate? In the cornflakes packing, huh? And they're doing all that kind of stuff. They go to work and the first thing they do when they gather around the water cooler or the coffee cup is talk about how the boss is such a so-and-so and how bad this all is. Then they go to lunch and the foods. And I'm not, please, I've met people their whole life. Sounds like that. But then they'll turn to you and go, but why am I so unhappy? And why the bad things come and I just don't seem to have enough strength? Well, the reality is if you're going to change what you are taking in, you've got to change what you're putting in. The reality is that gratitude is never about just a moment. Strength doesn't come from a moment of gratitude. It comes from a flow of gratitude. And I would challenge you, and it is hard, I get it, because not everybody here will be having a great life and things are going well. That's when it's easy to be grateful. Some of you here will be having difficult times and it can be hard when you're in the middle of a difficult time to find something to be grateful for. But gratitude will build strength if you've turned it into a habit. It's not just a cliche, are you a half glass, glass half full kind of person? It's more than that. There is a spiritual principle because God says when you build an attitude of gratitude, I turn up. I will sit on your praise. 
But he never ever says, I will sit on your complaining. He never ever says, complain to me often enough and I'll listen to you and turn up and change it for you. There is an verse in the entire Bible. And I'm amazed how many Christians think that prayer is where you tell God everything that's wrong so that he will turn up and fix it. The Bible says, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. It doesn't say I'll enter his gates going, I don't like this and I don't like that. And why haven't you done that? So if you want to get strong, and I'm almost not fearful, that'd be wrong, but I'm almost a bit cautious here because I know how easy it is for that to sound like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, that is just some kind of like a little cliche. Try it for the next seven days. But when you get up in the morning and say, God, I'm grateful for this day. God, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for my place at uni. I'm grateful for the body that you gave me that takes me places and I can do things with. I'm, I'm grateful that you made me who I am and not somebody else. Because you're never going to build a strong you by comparing yourself to everybody else. Gratitude takes away all of that stuff out of your life, all right? So if you want to build strength in life, number one would be gratitude. That was top of my pops. Here's number two. Here's the second thing that builds strength in someone's life is joy. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 says, Don't sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. But most people think joy, well, they think it comes from the outside. Someone or something does something nice, they give you something, and joy arrives. It's a bit like you're sitting at home, watching telly, and uh, just chilling out there, doing whatever you're doing, and, and all of a sudden, you hear a car pull up in the driveway, the doorbell rings, and in walks Parcel Postman. And I go, and he says, sign for that. And I go, thank you very much. And I open it up, and there it is. It's a whole package full of joy for me. And I go, wow, isn't that good? Come on. Because I, I reckon a lot of people think that, you know. Well, yeah. I know a lot of people that are saving up their joy for when they win lotto. Or when they meet Mr. Wright or Miss Wright, or whatever, and they're, they're kind of then like, I'm going to really be happy then. I'm going to really have joy then. But they're waiting for a delivery that's never going to come because there isn't any Bible verse I can show you, and it never works in life, that if you just keep waiting long enough, your life will be successful. Now, don't shout me down because I'm telling you the truth so plainly, but it's true. You know, if you're waiting for joy to come. Some people, you know, they get married and go, well, I'm disappointed. And I go, why are you disappointed? Well, because I thought he'd make me happy. You thought he was parcel postman. Hello? Huh? Well, you know, you know, how many of you remember when you got your first job and how excited you were to get the job. And then how many people a year later are complaining about the job they used to be excited about? Huh? How many people remember the thing when you got the email saying you've been accepted into your course? And you went around, okay, kiss money, everybody, oh yeah, I'm going to get about, oh yeah. 
and two years into it, because first year is always the easy year, and when you get to second year, you know, all of a sudden you're going like, this sucks. And what am I doing? Oh, God, they're slave drivers and that lecturer, really? I don't understand a word that they're saying. And all of a sudden, the whole thing, it's because you thought it was turning up in a little parcel. But let me give you another verse because joy, God's got a lot of very sensible things to say to us. This is Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. It says, therefore with joy, you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Here's a couple of thoughts on this. Number one is that your joy is inside, not outside. Because salvation is not an outside thing, it's an inside thing. He says, therefore, with joy, you're going to draw water out of the wells of salvation. As, listen, as long as I'm waiting for you to bring joy to my life, I'm going to miss the joy that's in my life because I'm waiting for you to bring it. And you're never going to be able to do it consistently enough, no matter how good you are. Nobody you marry will be enough. Nobody. Oh, man, can I get a witness from all the married people here? And that's not a negative about them, but if you're hoping they're going to make your life great, and they're going to make your life every single day, you know? I used to say to my wife, don't you remember? The Bible says this about Sarah, who was married to Abraham. It says, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That never really went as well as I hoped. This never really took off. And, you know, as long as I think it's coming out of there, then I'm always going to miss joy. Think about it. Some of the people that have exhibited the most joy in our histories have been people that went through the biggest trials. Mother Teresa. I never met her. I wish I had. But they tell me that the thing that radiated about her life was joy and peace. And yet when she died and they read her journals, they discovered some of the inner turmoil that she'd gone through in her life. Why? But she understood something. Joy's not out there. Joy's not winning lotto. There's something better than that. From so here's the second thought, is that you've got to do something different. Sitting down there and waiting for the delivery guy to turn up isn't going to work. It says, therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the world. So you've got to lower the bucket into the well. You've got to do some work. If you want it to come towards you, therefore with joy shall you draw water. Oh, have a look in there. What's in there, Lillette Marks? Oh, chocolate. Oh, merci. Le chocolat. Huh? You can share some with the people around about you if you wish, if you're a generous person, or just alternatively eat it all to yourself. And just say, forget the rest of you. He lowered the bucket in front of me. I want a Chevy Lipin. She's French. It's all right. I'm not mocking her accent. At least I don't think I am. But anyway, whatever. Nobody wants one. Pull the bucket back up again. Nobody wants one. Go around the other side. Summon up the backers after one. I'm pretty sure... Why do I get him to do this? It's because, see, so many people are sitting beside a well and they're, they're not lowering the bucket. They're just sitting there going, well, I turned up to church. I've, I've watched people do this. 
I didn't get anything out of that service. Well, maybe it's because you never lowered the bucket. Huh? Maybe it's because you know, well, I went to that church and nobody said hello to me. I go, well, obviously you didn't say hello to anybody either. Hey, now comes the bucket. Yay. See, some, his, his big Caribbean fist has just taken the whole lot. Someone's got to do, oh, you have two. Thank you. Oh, that's really lovely. I'll save that one for later. It means this. <laughs> we'll pause while Owen empties the bucket. Time out. Away you go, Owen. Give, a, give chocolates to everybody. You can give them two at a time. That'll make it faster. We're going to be here till tomorrow the way you're going. That's it. Chuck them out. Yeah. Woo. Hey. Hey. Here we go. OH&S people are screaming right now. Thank you. See, listen, you're going to have to do something different. Just sitting somewhere. Some people are lowering the bucket into things that are never going to produce joy. And some people just sit, they'll come to church, they'll read the Bible and go, I didn't get anything out of that. Well, you've just got to sometimes keep reading. huh? Sometimes you go, well, I prayed and I didn't feel a thing. Well, hello. You know? Sometimes you just got to keep praying. Keep lowering the bucket. The Bible says, therefore, with joy, you'll draw water out of the wells. Just do that. Keep lowering it. Joy in, in Scripture is always a decision of direction. Psalm 118 verse 24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice. It's a decision of direction. We will rejoice in it. Let me finish by saying this because the Bible also says this, uh, that one of the other things that can happen or the way that strength can come is through somebody praying for you. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16, I think it is, says this. It says, Paul is writing this. He says, I pray God that you'll be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner life. And so I want to pray for people here in this place that go, Jeff, would you pray for me because I don't think I'm strong enough. Maybe you're facing some things and you're starting to get a bit wobbly. Or maybe you just go, you know what? When it comes to the courage of my convictions or when it comes to my confidence in the future, I'm, I'm lacking strength. I'm not full of strength. I'm lacking it. Let me pray with you tonight. And I'd love it if that's you. And if, you know, in this church, can I just be honest? I, I, don't ever want to, I never want to do kind of secret church, you know, where we're all just so embarrassed. Nobody ever asks anybody in public anything. And we all just kind of, you know, secret squirrel the whole thing, you know. That's just nuts. I just think this is the family of God. And every single one of us in this place have been at points of our life where we needed strength. And so I'm going to ask that we will pray for each other. Now, if you're not a praying person yet, that's cool. You can just be a part of it and just, and just watch. But many of you here, you'd say, I'd love to pray for somebody else, that God will give them strength in their life. Amen. I, I know I've needed strength at different times in my life where, you know, even though I might have been strong back there, some of it had evaporated. Now I was in a, a difficult place or a place I hadn't been before. I needed strength. So if you would like that tonight, why don't you just 
simply as this. Just stand up where you are and we're going to pray and ask God just to help make you strong. We're going to pray that God puts strength on. Just do that wherever you are. Just standing up. Don't be embarrassed. I'm not going to come and ask you what it's about or what you what things going on in your world. Thank you. Anybody else, just quickly, because I'm going to pray for people here. Maybe you go, well, I've got all I need. Thanks very much. Yeah, good, 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 good. Thank you. Just wherever you are, don't ever be embarrassed. No one's going to come and quiz you afterwards and go, why did you stand? And what's really going on? That's not why we're here. This moment is for everybody here that says, God, I need you to do something supernatural inside of me. Thank you for standing. I love that. So many of you that are. If there's anybody else, just stand up and we're going to pray. People around about you are just going to put their hand towards you. Nothing spooky here, but they're just going to say, God, would you? I'm thinking about this person. I'm asking you to help them. We don't know what's going on. I'm the pastor, and I don't even know what's going on in most of these people's lives. But I do know this much, that God will help them in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Put your hand towards somebody. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. You care about us. You want to help us. And Lord, I just pray the prayer that Paul prayed. I pray that these people will be strengthened with might by your spirit in the inner man. God, it's something that goes beyond our rational mind. We may not be able to figure it out. Some of these people are wearing themselves out. They're tossing and turning all night long, trying to figure out what do I do next? And God, I'm praying you will just bring supernatural strength inside of them so that whatever it is that they're facing, whether it's opportunity or opposition, you'll give them the strength to be able to go forward and to do your will and to be everything you want them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you. Give those people a big hand because I just love people of courage, all kinds of courage in life, that's for sure. Team, please come. And uh, we're going to be finished in a minute. But can I tell you, I think about this probably... Or every day of my life, I'm sure. When I sat in, the, in that coffee shop yesterday listening to people who've got a theory about God and an idea about what God's like or what the Bible's about, but have never personally encountered Christ, I sit and listen and go, I know what that feels like. Literally. I go, I know what that's like because I remember a whole lot of years ago when I had grown up with some church background, but had decided it wasn't for me. And then I remember encountering the Holy Spirit. When I say encountering the Holy Spirit, it was a church like this, where there was obviously more than just a a ritual to follow, but there was something, there was a presence there that honestly, I, I just, I couldn't have explained it. I didn't know enough of the Bible to tell you anything about it. But I remember sitting there going, that's what I'm meant to have. I want that. I need that. No one told me about a whole lot. I didn't know all the Christian language about repentance and faith towards God. All I remember is this. I want that. I wish I had that. And out of that, somebody at the end of the service gave a simple so simple, they said, you can invite Jesus into your life. And you know what? I just thought I should do it. It wasn't even, I, I didn't know about the history of Jesus and all the veracity of the Bible. and All I, all I knew was in here, I want that. I'm going to say yes. And that yes changed my life. Totally changed my life from the inside out. 
I never got brainwashed. I never got talked into it. I never sat down and argued it out. A simple yes that opened the door and my life changed. And I love that. I love, can I, can I tell you, as a pastor who does this stuff a lot, you know what I really love the most? Is I love that it's Jesus that changes people, not the church. I love the fact that we ask Jesus to come and change people. We don't go, come to our church and we'll teach you how to do it. We say, come to Jesus and he'll do it. And that space is, I think, always the most precious space for church people. You've got to understand it's up to Jesus. Amen. So I want to pray with people here in this place and put up there, it is right there. Thank you so much for doing it so quick. That yes text has changed hundreds of people's lives in the last year. 488 Why do we do that? It's because we know there's a lot of people that go, you know what? This is such a personal, private moment. I want to say yes to Jesus just between him and me. And so we created this in this church so you can do it. And you can do it anytime, day or night. If anybody's listening to this and you're overseas or maybe you're telling somebody about it, they're overseas. We created after that this yes.metrochurch.org.au because the phone thing only works in Australia. But no matter where you are, you can say yes to Jesus. But can I say this to you? I pray you'll say yes to Jesus and then start journeying with Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for people that are in this place. There'd be some here, Lord, that maybe haven't yet really taken the step like I did all those years ago of opening their heart up and saying, Jesus, you're what I want. I need you. Lord, as they simply say yes, that's all it takes. They say yes to you. And that yes opens their heart and you come in and life begins to change from that moment on. Lord, I pray that the journey for them will be extraordinary like it's been for me. It'll be life-changing. It will not just give them a hope of heaven. It'll give them a strength on earth. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. 